With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Haw and Dan Weeder. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast. I'm David Hoff on the Moline Haw Show on 670 The Score. Dan Weeder from the Chicago Tribune down in Indianapolis, still covering the NFL Combine. Caleb Williams speaks to the media on Friday, Dan. A lot of buzz about what he might say and the fact that he's speaking at all. A lot of other stuff has gone on besides the quarterback situation and the quarterbacks throwing and talking and all the stuff. Uh, how much fun are you having down there and how much work is getting done by evaluating everybody who isn't Caleb Williams? Yeah, it's both. I uh, I talked to someone this afternoon and said the NFL Combine can be lost like Las Vegas in the sense that you can, you can approach it a hundred different ways and they can all be right, you know? And so you have to kind of find your balance of uh, what you're after, uh, how late you plan to stay out on certain nights, uh, where you're going to go to dinner. And the, the, you know, there's all these things. And then, and then you get to day four, which I'm on right now. And you feel like you got to get me out of here. I'm not ready to get out of here yet because as you mentioned, the quarterbacks will speak to the media on Friday morning. There's a stretch uh, of two hours tomorrow at podium four at the Indianapolis convention center, where we're going to get Jaden Daniels followed by, uh, Caleb Williams, followed by Drake May, followed by Malik Neighbors. And then uh, after that, I think Roman Dunze is a couple podiums down. So uh, it's going to be a lively morning Friday here. And 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 I think we're probably going to learn a lot. And I think Caleb Williams is eager um, to, to take the stage and and, and kind of have his say, as you saw since the last time we talked. He spoke with Pete Thamel of ESPN, uh, kind of set the stage for what will come tomorrow. Um, and I think it's the first step in a, in a direction that's going to end with a union with the Chicago Bears. I've said this on the Mullion Haas show and still believe it. I, that story with Pete Thamel was probably the most significant development in the Caleb Williams saga, if you want to call it that, just because he answered some questions that remained and people wanted to know about his willingness to play in Chicago, any reticence that he might have, his uh, commitment to greatness. Uh, just overall, I think he humanized himself in a way 
that dispelled some of the unfair and inaccurate perceptions that were being formed about him and did what he needed to do. Friday presents another opportunity. Just that. It's yeah. just an opportunity to be uh, the, who he is as authentic as possible. I look down at my list that I've compiled for questions that I'd like to ask Caleb Williams tomorrow. I've got 14 questions down here. If I get two in, I'll be proud of myself because this is going to be, if it were Chicago media only, it would be a scrum. The entire NFL world is here. Getting a spot near podium four on Friday morning is going to be like trying to get, you know, concert tickets that you have to sleep out overnight for. So it's going to be a wild scene. Um, and there, I, I feel like there's a lot to get after with Caleb Williams. And we're only going to be able to scratch the surface of that on Friday. I think in the, in the article we mentioned or the interview that we mentioned with Pete Thamel of ESPN, it was a smart way to approach this with someone that has known Caleb since he was in high school and um, gives you an opportunity to put your best foot forward before you uh, go out and, and meet with the media, but also meet with the teams down here. And um, it's my sense and I had a good conversation this afternoon with someone in the league that, there's going to be a natural connection with Ryan Poles and Caleb Williams because their demeanors are very similar. They're, they are, um, you know, there's a little bit, I, I don't want to say like Caleb has a little bit of introversion to him. I don't want to say that about Ryan, but, but they're very, very low key dudes with a lot of confidence, you know, and you could see where that, that connection would form. Um, and then for the bears, as we've talked about, you know, you just have to do the entirety of the homework process. You have to do all of the stops in the pre-draft process with Caleb. You have to get that gut feeling that he's the guy that you want to be the engine uh, of your franchise for the next decade. And then, you know, as I've talked about a little bit this week, you also have to make sure you don't cheat yourself and, and not do the homework on the other guys as well, because you want to give them their opportunity to have a say and you don't want to be blinded and 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 going down one road only because you never know what can happen. And you better make sure that the entirety of your process is uh, is lined up. So we do our best to provide a lot of context and information, certainly the opinions here on Take the North. But I think that there's nothing like to me and I know to you still long form writing and what you're able to do in a in, in a uh, 2000 words or whatever, however long your story was in the Chicago Tribune, I would advise all Bears fans interested in Caleb Williams to check out chicagotribune.com, Caleb Confidential, I think you're calling it, and it's online as it was online Thursday morning and people can go there. You have a list of 12 things that people can be looking for and how you can kind of broke it down because you have to break things down in these kind of increments. Yeah. I found most interesting I, it was all interesting, but I, I, I got I reread the, the part where the background checking on Caleb Williams is intensifying. And I wondered, one, where that may have begun in terms of their trip to L.A., Cliff Kingsbury, uh, maybe some coaches from the USC staff, as well as where it goes now and how invasive maybe it is into the Caleb Williams profile. Well, where it began was probably with your scout, you know, your your, your west coast scout that's going to do a lot of the early work on that during the fall and prevent present you with a pretty comprehensive report on things that he has learned from being near the program and 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 gathering those things and then right when the bears go out in early january after making coaching changes and they're able to uh be out west as we've talked about doing a handful of interviews it takes them uh to cliff kingsbury who is a a person that that can provide a lot of information uh, you know, I, I talked to someone from another team that had met with Cliff Kingsbury 
uh, t- during the, the, the early parts of January and, and just expressed how much information he has, you know, and, and how, how valuable that can be to, to setting the record straight on certain things, validating your concerns in other areas and just trying to figure out where it goes. Where I'm at right now at the end of the, the scouting combine before we talk to Caleb on Friday is that I think that the Bears are going to really, really enjoy the wiring of Caleb Williams from the standpoint of he truly is determined to be great as a football player. And that is kind of his central goal is he wants to be a legend and he wants to be someone that people are talking about long after he's done playing football. And I I think it's a genuine goal and something that he backs up with work and, and investment in trying to, to get better where I think some teams are, are, are still waiting to get more answers. And most likely the bears are in this boat is all of the stuff that's going to come at Caleb Williams as the number one overall pick, as the star quarterback potentially of the Chicago Bears in a market like Chicago, does he have the things around him to handle it well? You know, there's going to be off-the-field opportunity, marketing, endorsements, you know, people pulling him in one direction, dragging him in another another direction. Do you have the ability to understand how to balance your time, um, set up a routine that's productive, and also understand how much damn work is required to play the position at this league at even a a middle tier level. And so I think the bears have to figure that out as well as I think the thick skin part of it, David, which I think is is one that that you're really going to grind on if you're Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus and company. Along those lines, and maybe there's no way to know this yet, but you do delve into the the dad question. Carl Williams has been pretty outspoken. We know he's going to be very involved. We're both dads. We get it. I mean, whether the kids, the, uh, top quarterback in the NFL draft or, uh, you know, 11-year-old pitcher in a big Little League game, you you want to be involved as your son. And I, I can respect that. But I also wonder where that – how that is going to go in terms of the vetting of Caleb Williams, the concerns about, you know, the helicopter parent syndrome, and, and what role Carl Williams actually will play in all the things you just said ab- about his time commitments, how – and many endorsements he does, how available he is, how he handles the public aspect of his job. Because as I've said a lot, you know this, when you draft the quarterback number one overall, he becomes a de facto CEO of your football organization. He's going to need guidance at the age of 23. It's going to be his dad. Sometimes there's an agent. There will be no agent. How concerned should the yeah. Bears be about the dad's role? Well, it, it's two things. It's it's getting comfortable with who Carl Williams is, and it's trying to figure out what you just said. If you don't have an agent, who are your advisors, and what is their background? What is their experience? What gives them credibility in this world? The NFL world is a different place, you know, and the, the seas can get choppy really quick um, if you're not careful. And 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 so I think teams are really trying to figure out. Okay, so who is this team of advisors? Because if it's not a NFLPA certified agent, we need to know who it is that's going to be giving you advice and giving you direction and helping you get your NFL career started in the right way. The bears also have to take ownership in this. If they decide to draft Caleb Williams and help him with that plan, you know, that's part of this. I had written something back in uh, late December, early January about when you, when you, when you use a a draft pick, like the number one pick on a, a, a quarterback like this, you have to understand that everyone in your building has to work for him. You know, with him and for him to make sure that you can get the absolute best out of him because he is the person that is going to be the one who defines how successful your organization is. And so you have to make sure you set him up for success. You know, that's not just pairing him with a good coaching staff and a veteran quarterback in the room. It's 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 
really, really knowing all the off-field stuff that come with this role and with this with this stage and and making sure that he has the the, the guardrails in to, to protect him. And right now, I think there's some some questions. There's I can tell you this. There's a lot of stories that get told at the Combine, and there are a lot of stories that have been told, you know, after the sun's gone down here where you say, okay, you know, th- th- these are legitimate things you have to dig into if you're the Chicago Bears. If I'm hearing them, the Chicago Bears are certainly hearing them, and and they have to get their their arms wrapped around that with Caleb, and then and then again, if they want to have him as their quarterback, they have to work with him to make sure they set him up for success. Do you get a sense they're loud enough to dissuade them from picking him number one? No, I don't, and no, I don't, and 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 that's where I think it's it's really interesting. And one of the things I had in the Caleb Williams confidential piece that I thought was notable toward the end is even the people that will will kind of raise the red flags and talk to you about like, oh man, man, I'm not sure about this. Ah, I kind of wish this was better. In the end, say that you'll get in a room at some point and you'll circle back to the talent and you'll go, we'll figure it out. Because this <laughs> dude is, you know yeah. what I mean? And I, yeah. I, I think that's the prevailing emotion that's here in Indianapolis, that the bears are, are, are going to probably go into this with a little bit of concern, but also with the attitude of we'll figure it out, you know, and we're eager to figure it out because the talent is that good that you see him as Ryan Poles did in Kansas city with Patrick Mahomes as a guy that changes everything for everyone. And so that, that's going to be the process here. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And that's why I want to get to this paragraph, which stood out to me along those lines, because let's take it back to the football field. You say, Williams is a quick processor. He makes quick decisions. He has quick hands. That's a quick catalyst to next level success. The biggest significance for a team like the Bears, Williams' quickness could allow their offense to function and thrive with the quick passing attack in ways it never could with Justin Fields at the controls. Dan, I think that paragraph summarizes the biggest reason why so many of us are convinced why moving on makes sense. It's not that Justin Fields is a bad quarterback or that he you can't win certain games and maybe in a division with him, but there's just a speed at which he doesn't necessarily operate that elite quarterbacks do. And Caleb Williams, based on observation, based on evaluation, 
has that quickness. Well, okay, so there's two parts of this. Number one, um, it's just the idea of the, of the mission here. And I had a coach tell me uh, earlier in the week that if the Bears decided to trade the number one pick and stick with Justin Fields, they'd be fine. So they'll be fine. And then he said, do you want to be fine or do you want to be great? Mm-hmm. You know, and so and that and so that that this is the chance to upgrade. It's the chance to get a guy who does things at a higher level than Justin Fields has. And that's okay, you know, to chase that and to go after that and to work with it. I found that passage that you just read there notable because um, you do think about some of the struggles, particularly in the early years, in, in, in year one and year two, where Justin Fields couldn't catch a snap and throw an accurate pass to the outside for a bubble screen. You know, there were those games where you'd be like, man, there were two completions that that sailed into the sideline or or made the receiver adjust to the point where he was tackled immediately and all of a sudden you've got those instances that add up where over 38 career starts you only average 174 passing yards per game people think Caleb has the ability to to just you know he's so quick in this regard that that you can bake in 45 passing yards for him before the game ever starts just by doing some of this quick game concept, you know, that should help him produce, which should then help him get confidence, which should then help the wheel to really turn there, David. And so, you know, I, the other part of this, I, I want to bring this up because I've taken some heat on the social media channel um, for a qu- comment that ESPN's Matt Miller made about how Caleb's greatest gift is kind of stringing a defense along and holding the ball to the last possible second before finding a receiver and throwing it. And people going, isn't this what you hammer Justin Fields for, for, for three years? No, it, it's, it's, the ability to kind of have that defense on a string, to get outside the pocket, to be in full control, to have that quarterback feel, that innate instinct on, okay, how long? So you see it with Mahomes all the time. You know, sometimes Patrick Mahomes makes a 14-yard run just by kind of scrambling calmly, seeing it with his eyes, having people so terrified on the back end. And then he takes off and runs for 14, gets a first down, and it's not anything nearly as electric as Justin Fields does, but it's what quarterbacking in this league means. And so that's kind of kind of where I stand with that. It's also the purpose of that example from the way I understood it was that, okay, this is what he does that, that, that illustrates how instinctive he can be. He waits, he waits, and he waits just long enough until he can deliver the ball because he knows he's going to get rid of it and he's going to deliver it exactly where he needs to go. That's a big difference. It, a, there's a big difference between that and holding on to the ball too long so you take a sack. Right. Or you don't throw it when exactly the guy is open and you wait to over, you know, until it's you can't make the completion. So I think that people might be just looking for something there. And, and I just don't think there's anything really to see because it was a compliment about the way Caleb Williams can improvise and wait and bait people into situations that he can exploit. And Justin, listen, like we know what he was as a scrambling runner and how electric that was, but we were still middle of the way into season three, still trying to get that, that, you know, incremental growth that the coaching staff inside the building talked about as a scramble and throw guy, you know, and Caleb is really good at that. And he's really good at feeling things in the pocket. The one concern that has been consistent is does your big playability on the move become too much of a crutch, particularly in your early years where rather than taking something that's, that's kind of right in front of you, you, you try to drag a play out and you try to, to, to get on the move and, and you, you just kind of, you know, almost impede your growth and development because you're leaning on something that you know works, you know, and we all have that in areas of our life where you're like, okay, you know, this is something I can lean into, um, but I probably need to challenge myself to get better at the things that are going to make me really, really good at what I do. And so that, that's going to be a challenge for Caleb. Nice thing about Caleb Williams, at least uh, as it pertains to your Caleb Confidential on ChicagoTribune.com, 
there are concerns that obviously about his emotional maturity. There will be concerns uh-huh. about or questions regarding, you know, his sensitivity and, and things like that. And the fact that he can be uh, in, in the eyes of some critics of Caleb Williams, a little bit of a diva. How does that perception, how will that be affected by his decision not to submit to medical testing, not to throw, not to do things and come to, uh, the combine and really not fully participate in a way that certainly he has a right to, but people will say, well, that just, yeah, okay. You see, he's not, if he, he doesn't have anything to hide, why is he playing games this way? How, how would you address people that wonder if that is an example of the emotional maturity that critics use against him? That's not an example, but it's a, a, a poignant topic because first of all, like I, I don't, you know, have any problems with him not doing the on-field throwing portion of this things because most people in the league understand who he is in that regard. And so, you know, those drills are for guys that aren't going to be picked one, two or three, <laughs> you know, and then guys that want to improve their stock and go out there and do some things. Caleb will throw it as pro day um, in an at-home setting uh, on March 20th, I believe it is in Southern California. And that will be an opportunity for, for people to see him throw there. No big deal there. The pulling out of medical testing is only a concern to me in regards to, is this a trend of trying to buck the system, you know, and, and trying to, to, to create a new set of rules for yourself with everything you do? And, and you know, like, look, he, he can answer that for teams. He can tell them why why he's choosing to do that. But the pushback question will be, look, like, I get it. You want to, to kind of challenge norms at times and, and try to be a guy who is a trailblazer in certain ways, but th- there is a certain point where the system is the system and adhering to it is going to be the quickest way uh, to success in some ways. And so the, the question I'd be asked is how many of these different things along the way do you plan on doing your own way? Because if it becomes dozens and dozens, well, then it becomes something where, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to draw scrutiny from, from teammates eventually in your locker room that, that are, are going, well, wait a second. Like, what, why is this dude, trying to go do everything his way when we've all had to do it a certain way forever. Um, that's where, where I would at least ask some questions in this upcoming process on the emotional maturity part. I think it's more so like, look, man, if you lose a, a, a game where you blow a 21 point lead in the fourth quarter, for example, how do you handle that? You know, are you as, as tough minded uh, and thick skinned as John Fields was, we've talked forever about how that was a gift that he's had for three years, the ability to reset, the ability to be hardened and tough and mature when the whole world is watching you. David, I'll give you an example on, you know, just from, from my world where I wake up on Wednesday morning and there is a story from Kaylin Kaler on the athletic about Caleb Williams's um, family and, and the dad and, and business arrangements and that the Pete Thamel article comes out an hour later. It was a reminder. Colleen and Kane and I talked about it that like, look like the whole, this is a different dude here. You know, the whole world is going to be watching him for a long time, you know, so there's going to be a story about you written every single day that you're the Chicago quarter, Chicago bears quarterback. And do you have the stamina and emotional maturity to go through that um, on days where you're a little bit moody? Can you handle it gracefully? You know, can you avoid creating a headline? Can you avoid um, making comments that then become that week's story? You know what I mean? These are all things that go into play in the position. And then most importantly, if you're in a period of struggle, um, as it was phrased to me, can you keep your bull bleep from leaking into other people's bull bleep, you know, and, and can the locker room be a place where people don't need to worry about uh, things that are bothering you, where they can just go to work and be ready to, to charge, uh, charge their batteries off of you? 
Did you think the athletic story and the ESPN.com story uh, were pretty polar opposite of one was raising questions yes. about all that Caleb Williams will bring to the table in terms of baggage and high maintenance drama. Yes. The other one was him directly addressing the baggage and high maintenance drama uh, with his own voice, which I think we hadn't heard before. So I did think the timing was somewhat strategic and I wonder how they planned that or was it a pure coincidence? Because I do think it was impossible to ignore the fact that they were very, very contrasting portraits of the same guy. Listen, it's purely coincidental, and, and but it, but for me, it's telling because like you know, like I was eighty five percent of the way done with the piece that launched at Chicago Tribune this morning, and you do that because strategically, they're like, okay, I've got to launch something on Caleb Williams during Combine Week, and I did you know a, a, a significant amount of that string gathering before I got here with with phone calls prior to that, and then added to it over the last few days, and you you just kind of want to have that. Well, obviously. Pete and Kalen had their plans of, of marking their territory on the Caleb Williams story this week. And it's just an example of, again, the, the national eyes that are going to be on the Chicago Bears that have not been on the Chicago Bears in a long time. The, the Chicago market is hard enough. Well, now you are going to be a national story. You know what I mean? And that's why I bring those examples up, because if you guys think you got sick of hearing about uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Well, Caleb Williams in 2024 is going to be an every week story. The NFL schedule makers are going to look at, at, at opportunities to put them in prime time, right? You know, the, 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 all of this is going to be a part of your existence that you have to acknowledge first and then plan for. The two men in the building, uh, three men, I'll say that that I, I really trust on this level to be forward thinking and prepared are, you know, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus and, and Kevin Warren and, and trying to understand like, OK, this is going to be unique, you know, and we better acknowledge it as unique and have a plan for, for managing this, because if you don't, uh, it's going to get exhausting for a lot of people really quickly. And and so, I mean, you know, you, you've been around media circuses before, you know, this is going to be a bit of a media circus for a while. And you better have, again, the tent poles to hold up the big top. Any scuttlebutt, any rumblings, speculation about how his meeting with the bears went, how he connected with anybody in the room. I can see him, as you said, Clicking with Ryan Poles, they do have kind of somewhat similar personalities from the outside, uh, observationally speaking. I don't know about Matt Eberflus and Caleb Williams. I don't know if it matters because the connect, he's the head coach and the quarterback. It's not the same kind of, you know, symbiosis you necessarily need if Matt Eberflus is calling the offensive plays and, and designing the defense. I just wonder uh, if you've heard anything about those dynamics and if you think it matters much how he does get along with his head coach. It does. Um, and not directly. I haven't heard anything, but but from what I shared at the outset from a team that did meet with him and and knows Ryan Poles well enough to say, like, look, I think there's going to be a, a really smooth connection between those two guys just because of the personality. I think it's more important that Caleb Williams establishes a very, very instant chemistry with Shane Waldron, you know, who yeah. at the outset of his right. career is going to be the guy that, that he needs to be dialed in with every single day. Thomas Brown is the passing game coordinator is probably on that list as well. And so you want those things to come together uh, in, in the next few weeks, you know, whether it's here in Indianapolis, whether it's when the bears go out to LA, you imagine they're going to have a private dinner with them at some point. You imagine there'll be a, a visit uh, to 1920 football drive in Lake forest at some point. And so that connection has got to build. I had a, a coach tell me that, 
when you're in this process of, of scouting quarterbacks, you can make all the, the trait lists and the boxes you want to check and, and you have talent and character and everything else that goes with it. Sometimes you just got to be in a room with a guy and say, am I going to enjoy coaching that guy? You know, because this is a, a hard grinding world that you want to feel energized by on an everyday basis as you pursue success. And so um, creating that synergy as early as possible, even before you are, are united as player and team, I think is very important. And I think Shade Waldron is, is going to be a big part of that here in the, in the weeks ahead. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go to the Justin Fields trade market. The odds have increased for Atlanta being now the favorite to land Justin Fields. Obvious reasons. We don't pay attention necessarily uh, that closely to Vegas in terms of your trade uh, rumors, but they obviously are on to something there in terms of the hometown favorite, the home state guy. Bears are second, and then you go Steelers and Patriots. And I just wonder, Dan, there are a couple reports out there that the Falcons have checked in with the Bears uh, there's other people I talked to who uh, an executive that I've known for years said that that Atlanta thing, don't pay attention to it. It's a smoke screen. Really don't know what to believe. I don't know what you think. Is there a trade market developing for Justin Fields? And could the compensation not be what the Bears maybe want it to be? Certainly on the latter point, that's been something that has been a, a bit of a buzz this week in Indianapolis is that when you don't have – um, you know, a whole line of suitors outside your door that, that, that the asking price may not necessarily be in your wheelhouse. And so that's going to be really interesting. I think uh, among many things, that's going to be an interesting uh, development if and when the Bears do trade Justin Fields is what they get back. The Atlanta thing has, has there's been smoke this week. Um, it surprises me because I think Zach Robinson, the new offensive coordinator out there, runs an offense that's very, very similar to what Luke Getze and Shane Waldron run is part of the same Shanahan McVay type of scheme and Justin struggles with certain things in there. And so, um, you know, you got to get your, your arms around that if you're the Atlanta Falcons and figure out, okay, how are we going to amend this and adapt this so that we don't have a year or two of people screaming, you're not running the right system for the guy. You got to run a better system for the guy. And then people losing their jobs because of it. So we'll see where that goes. Um, Again, free agency is less than two weeks away now. Ryan Poles kind of insinuated that in an ideal world, they would be able to give a new team, Justin Fields, as their new quarterback uh, before that that gets there. And this is the week to, to try to start to lay the, the, the groundwork for that. And, and so, you know, you got to be ready for, for something any minute, any day, while also understanding that it may not be imminent uh, as, as Ryan Poles figures through things. How much conversation has there been, speculation about what the Bears might do at number nine, or is it way too early for that? Because last year at this time, they had the number nine pick, and we were going crazy, uh, mock drafting somebody different every day. 
It's a great point, man. And I've had this conversation multiple times this week where like in most years we would be, you know, in the deep end of the pool with the number nine pick talking every single day about what, what in the world was going to happen there and, and what the intriguing options were. And honestly, because of all this quarterback stuff with Justin Fields, with Caleb Williams, with the number one pick, we're, we're going to spend like three days on the number nine pick as we get into late April. And it's a fascinating territory. And there's the, you know, the, the evaluators, the draft analysts, see it as really fertile ground for the bears because there's going, especially if there's a, an early run on quarterbacks and you get a fourth guy to come off the board before number nine. Well, now all of a sudden you're pushing talent at positions that the bears will need down in an area where maybe a Malik neighbors is there. Maybe a Roma Dunze is there to pair with a new quarterback. And you go, man, we, we just got our shiny new toy, a shiny new toy. And how fun could that be? There's the practical approach of saying, this is a very talent loaded top heavy offensive tackle class so if you decide hey we want the opportunity to to provide more protection and and um comfort for our our new quarterback you've got an option there to either take a standout left tackle at number nine or let me throw this one at you the possibility of possibly trading down and then looking at some of these right tackles in a way where you say we really like this guy as a right tackle and we feel like darnell Wright has the position flexibility to slide over to the left side that versatility and that flexibility gives you options in a way where I think there are a lot of people, and I'll write about this here in the, the coming weeks when the quarterback stuff dies down, that, that's that's cool flexibility that Ryan Poles will have to to try to um, provide a supporting cast for his quarterback that, that becomes really, really solid. That's intriguing. I hadn't thought about that. I think that if they are at nine and they're considering drafting an offensive lineman, they may want to accumulate assets, but if you have – the sure thing and Joe Alt from Notre Dame. And he's right. been described to me a couple of different ways as, you know, one of the surest things, because obviously he's got good bloodlines. He played in a, in an elite program. And that's a, that's a very good offensive line uh, producer at Notre Dame. He could be the, tough the, to pass. No question. I don't think anyone thinks that Joe Alt will be on the board at nine. And so then it's but, like, okay, is, is, but, is, is Olu Fushanu there? People didn't think Jalen Carter would have been there. What if, what if four quarterbacks go in the top right. eight? And what if and there's then, and then the three receivers go, right? Yeah. And so well, you're right. You, you know, so and a pass it's achievable in a pass rush. It is. You can see the Bears getting the number one offensive player or quarterback in, in uh, Caleb Williams and then getting the number one left tackle or maybe the number one edge rusher or the number two wide receiver. It, you know, if there's a run on quarterbacks and wide receivers, they could be in a great situation. Great situation. And I do think you want to take the gimme in that point because there are no character issues about Joe Alt. There are, aren't character issues the way that you would be weighing and, and scared of maybe embracing with Jalen Carter. This isn't 2023's draft. So we don't talk about the number nine overall pick, but you're talking about a day one impactful starter who could be in Chicago yes. for a very long time. Yes, and, and then in May, we're all going to step back and go, holy cow, we should have spent more time working on that guy in the pre-draft process. Penn State's Olu Fashanu, a little footnote for our audience, played high school football with Caleb Williams. So that's a, a note where you'd have a, a standout <laughs> offensive tackle who has you know uh, history already with, with the quarterback that seems to be there. So there's a lot of, a lot of intriguing possibilities. You know, I had one uh, coordinator say to me, look, like if I'm coaching the Bears offense and I'm Shane Waldron, like I'm, I'm just – absolutely being a bully in the draft room and saying we need two offensive players in the top 10. Like if we're going to take a quarterback, the second pick has to be an offensive player because we're going to, we're going to do this the right way by getting the quarterback a star right away, a, a star, you know, that, that, that can grow with them. And and so like Shane Waldron seems to be a really nice 
guy, he's going to have to put some of that aside during these, these pre-draft process I agree. To, to kind of shout down his defensive centric head coach and go, wait a second, Matt, like get me another guy on offense. Go, go buy a pass rusher, go figure it out, draft one in the later rounds, develop that guy because I couldn't agree more. Your defense is the reason you're in a position to number one, keep your head coach. But secondly, you know, feel good about drafting a rookie quarterback that can balance both sides of the ball. So you're pretty good on defense maintain the focus on offense, whether it's a tackle, wide receiver, or whatever the case may be. But I would definitely go offense with your second pick, too. No question. And, you know, it looked like a, <laughs> that number nine spot is it, it like we're it's going to be fun on draft night because you're going you're gonna to have somebody go up to the stage, give give Roger Goodell that that heavy hug, hold up that Bears jersey. And then it's going to be, you know, like an hour and a half later. And you go, well, wait a second. They're back on the clock. And look at this board. Look at the, this best player available list that's scrolling through the screen. And, and then obviously Ryan will be prepared for that. He'll have done 197 mock drafts before then to prepare himself for whatever situation is there. And Joel, so by the way. Yeah. You know, they have a room uh, at House Hall where the, the Notre Dame fight song just continually plays on a loop. We've seen with Cole Komet and Equinemia St. Brown and for a short time, Chase Claypool. But I uh, thought they unplugged they're, they're, it when Chase Claypool left. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So anyway. Is that the same room that Equinemia St. Brown does the podcast? Because uh, <laughs> will he be there that long? All right. So Caleb Williams meets the NFL media on Friday. Um, then over the weekend, the quarterbacks will participate uh, in, in certain drills. He will not throw. He will not submit the medical testing. Do we know if he will be measured, Dan? Yes. I, I, yes, he will go through the measurements is my understanding. And so you'll get so that. So brace yourself. Uh, I, for when, he, when he measures six feet, one quarter inch, brace yourself for the two short stuff. Passed, it, passed him in the hallway uh, today in the Indianapolis Convention Center. Does not come across as short when you're in his presence. Uh most teams aren't really concerned with that because that's there. Um, but yeah, no, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. A uh, couple small footnotes for you because I know we're wrapping up here. Number one, yeah. totally out there. Just a, a few different people have brought up the prospects of Darnell Mooney leaving in free agency, reuniting with Matt Nagy in Kansas City, and people feeling very optimistic that as a speed weapon for Patrick Mahomes, like he might be able to take a short-term, low-money contract and revive his career in a way where we're all going next January. Like, holy cow! Look what Darnell Mooney did. People have brought that up. Uh, I could see that. I could see that. Look at their top receiver, Marquez Valdez Scantling. You tell me that Mooney can't do for that offense what he did? Yeah, and and so there, there, there's obviously something there. The other thing, just a little snapshot from the combine late Wednesday night. Kevin Spain and I, had, uh, we, we, as we're walking into Prime, uh, former Bears coach John Fox is walking out of Prime. So good to see Foxy on the way out. And then when we get in there a little bit, uh, you know, sitting down and conversing for a little bit, Ellen Robinson is there. Uh, we say hello to Ellen Robinson, who's been coming to the combine the last few years. I think he has designs on being an agent after his playing days are done. And he turned around and said, hey, what's up, fellas? What are the Bears going to do with the number one pick? It's literally the first thing that everyone wants to talk about. And it was cool to see A-Rob as eager as anybody to get an answer on that. And then obviously, uh, as opinionated as he is, he had some thoughts as well. And he thinks that the Bears will uh, use the pick on a quarterback. Didn't he finish the season with the Steelers? Yes. Yeah. So he's – Justin Fields could be throwing him the football once again. Or did reunited. he ever throw the football to him? Yeah, reunited. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. He did. Yeah. They did. Um, good stuff. There's always something around every corner in Indianapolis. Glad you're down there. Great job on the story. Again, ChicagoTribune.com, Caleb Confidential. You want to check it out, the 12 reasons and things that they're looking for, and just a good breakdown of what everyone's talking about this week as it pertains to the Bears. 
All right, we'll check back in after the quarterbacks talk on Friday quickly to kind of evaluate what things uh, were said and what kind of hints were dropped again. Um, anything else, Dan, before we wrap it up? No, for those watching on YouTube, this is my setup here at the uh, Residence Inn here in Indianapolis. One more night here in this beautiful palace that I'm in, and then one more day, obviously, of, of grinding out work at the Combine. But if you're wondering why I'm in front of a fridge and a microwave, they've, I've got a nice setup here this week. And if you're wondering why I'm in a jacket, I'm doing football night in Chicago, <laughs> talking more about Caleb Williams and Justin Fields, the favorite topic of the offseason. All right, for Adam Sadzinski, our producer, Dan Wiederer, who is in Indianapolis from the Chicago Tribune. Oh, by the way, I don't think that we have been on the air. Dan Weeder won a top 10, was honored by the APSE Beat Writer of the Year in the largest division, one of the top 10 beat writers in America. We are lucky to have him here on the Take the North podcast. It's a huge honor. People benefit from reading him every day in the Chicago Tribune, chicagotribune.com. Congratulations, Dan. Tremendous, tremendous achievement. Thank you for saying that, David. You're very, very kind. You know what you mean to me as a teammate, and I appreciate you. You saying I appreciate all your support. You're helpful to me at every stop along the way. And uh, you know, look, like you were on the Tribune staff when I started uh, 11 years ago, almost 11 years ago now. And so it's uh, it, it's crazy to look back and and think about all that's changed. But thank you for saying that. I really appreciate you, man. I miss newspapers every time I read you. Um, all right, <laughs> we did. Had a lot of fun here. You can check us out at the, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You can watch us on the 670 Scores YouTube page. Take the North. Let us know what you think. You can send us an email at takethenorthpod at gmail.com for a mailbag issue later. And also, you can tweet at us, as you well know, because we have an active social media audience. And thank you for all the interaction and all the listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Take the North podcast. Great talk. See you out there.